pastors wives should help their husbands to be humble if they can i know sometimes it's tough because some pastors wives are introverted and sometimes introverted ones are the tough one because sometimes they just look like this they don't have to see see the man of god <laughs> So I'm just saying that pray for as a pastor's wife, pray a lot for your husband yes. and also talk. Don't be rude, but talk because you can always talk in the bedroom. Sweetheart. No, remember. Sweetheart, please. Oh <laughs> remember that our journey is long. <laughs> That's it. You know, pray together and yes. talk. And many times the pastor may want to get defensive. Remind him mm. that it's just the two of us in the bedroom and the Holy Spirit. Nobody else is hearing, you know. <laughs> and he'll come down and say, ah, it's true. That's true. It's just the two of us. Hey, <laughs> let's, let's sort it out so that... Uh, so that <laughs> Uh, so pastor's wife don't be the one stoking fires don't be the one comparing don't be the mm. one saying hmm the black badger see how they've gone with that no mm. even when your husband is falling for peer pressure thinking see how many are we uh, see this yeah. guy, my friend their church is big eh. as a pastor's wife say look my dear your time will come Definitely. don't be the one to say hey, oh, ah, let's go and see how you know don't 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 mm. You know, just encourage and know that um, God is with you. The God who called you, he will help you, you know. Yeah. And, and somewhere along the line, some people might even find out that they're not called to be pastors. Mm. Pastors, mm. when you find out your husband is not called to be a pastor, and he says, hmm, he'll do not cause to be a pastor, pastor anymore. Release him. <laughs> He's no longer a pastor, then you're no longer a pastor. So I finish, end of story. So... You should even be relieved. <laughs> Just make sure you are still a Christian. You have to still be a Christian. That is very, very important. <laughs> Fantastic. Awesome. Thank you. That is fully loaded. There's, there's, there's so much wisdom there. And always know that prioritize your family. <sighs> talk to your real, you know. Uh, they, they don't don't live in a spooky spiritual world. Stick stick with what works, you know, and you know, take one day at the time and allow the Holy Spirit of God to lead you. It's it's a fulfilling role that God has given us if we have been called into it, like you said. Not that we looked at it as oh, this looks nice. I think I have the skills and everything mm. to be a pastor's wife. <laughs> if God hasn't sent you, please do not send yourself. Yeah. Thank you so much, ma'am. Thank you. Um can you share a bit on your ministry journey? You've told us, well, you've told us okay. a lot yes. of that in that regard, but for okay. you. A little bit on my ministry like, journey. You know, how you discovered. Um, yeah, so apart from this. Building yeah, your so as when I joined my, yeah, yeah, so that's an aspect of my ministry. Like, okay, so I joined my husband in this, we said this time. And then, so my long, I think it was about two years afterwards or three, I had this, um, I began to have this, was it two years after? I began to have a nudging and um, mm. towards girls on the street, mm. prostitutes, commercial sex workers, girls on the street. I would just think as I, you know, drive by, I would think about them. I'll see a girl, you know, in the night and 
just in the red light district in our area, not too far from where the church was, between the church and our house there in Lagos. I would think a lot about them and I decided to do something about it. So one day I decided to visit a brothel that was near us and the rest is history. I mm. became friends with the girls in there. Um, yes. Later on, I heard it's called friendship evangelism. I didn't know I don't have definitions for things like that. But I just decided to be their friend. That was the strategy the Lord gave me, just walking mm -hmm. casually, not even holding the Bible, and try and make friends with one person. It's a whole mm -hmm. lot of, it's a long story when I talk about the drama I pulled off, lied, and said, I'm looking for my sister. And at the end mm -hmm. of the day, of course, they're my sisters, but potential sisters. So mm -hmm. that began a whole new journey for me. And that was in 97. Yeah. So I began to witness and to share with girls on the streets, starting mm -hmm. from their brothel, um, where they stay, you know, and all of that. And mm -hmm. I, God gave me the idea for a hands-on ministry for them, you know, set up a shelter for them, which is still standing in Magudu, Lagos. Mm -hmm. um, call it the Willman Foundation Peace Field. And then a few years after, set up an orphanage. So it's a twin real woman mm -hmm. and love home orphanage. Okay. Yeah. Um, occupying uh, yeah, a number of duplexes in the same um, place because so much had happened. But before then, I didn't have money to set up a place for these girls. And I found that mm -hmm. they needed to leave where they were because if they didn't, they would continue in the trade yeah. that they were doing. Mm -hmm. But before then, I mean, it would take another two years before I could really establish something for them. But before then, the Lord gave me an idea to have okay. seminars for women. So I used to call it the Real Woman Seminars. Mm. in restaurants, in hotels, in Lagos, because mm. he said, have meetings for women in non-threatening environments. I've already mm. set up the women in Desta, called the Women of Destiny. I gave them that name, Women of Destiny. I used to have our meetings monthly. But mm. I thought, no, this was not Women of Destiny. This was outside. Mm. Because I, in those days, I used to feel like, okay, Jesus didn't say, stay ye in the church, Matthew 28, <laughs> or Mark 16, 15. He didn't yeah. say, stay in the church. He said, go ye into the world. So I realized that even when we started this time, I realized that, okay, I'll not struggle for microphone, even though, yeah, I wanted to preach. I, want, <laughs> I really wanted to preach because my own natural um, or default I, had a, I won't say calling, but natural. I'm a talker naturally. Mm. You see, I'm an, naturally I'm a bit of an extrovert. Okay. Mm. I have my introverted part, but naturally I'm an extrovert, especially when you compare me to my husband. My husband is an introvert. Mm. Okay. Um, don't mind that on the pulpit, he's extroverted in his expression, but as a person, he's very introverted. And um, so, yeah. So, even when he's preached in church, when we get home, you can't get him to talk much because mm -hmm. his idea is one time he said to me, said, I've used all my, you know, just all the quota, all the words, you know, and those were, those are part of the things that were not so flashy or not so beautiful about being a pastor's wife, but there are, there are beautiful parts, but they're the ugly parts too, because I want to talk, we're home from church, let's unwind, but it's not like, you know, I've so much. So for me, it's like, oh my God. So there's nothing left for me. There's nothing left for the family. You've dispensed all your talking because then there's the preaching and then there's the talking after the preaching, like in the car, on the way, I mean, between the building and the car. You know how it is now? Only 
Yes. You know how it is. Yeah. <laughs> ah, pastor, pastor, talk, 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 pray. So as you are going to the... <laughs> so I think that's even the more draining part for him, not just the preaching, um, but the, the, the talking afterwards, the people waiting to say, I need prayer, I need, you know, that yeah. part drains him because he's an introvert. Yeah. And introverts are drained when they talk. That's right. But extroverts like us are energized mm-hmm. when we talk. Mm-hmm. You see, as I'm talking to you now, I'm feeling energized. Mm-hmm. So we might finish and then I'm like, ah, but I'm energy because this is my, um, God has yeah. anointed my talking. When I was very young in primary school, in elementary school, they're right. Yeah, she talks too much. She talks <laughs> too much. <laughs> it's my problem. Although that is not right. That is not right. Teachers shouldn't be writing that because you discourage a child by saying you talk too much. Yeah. Help that child to channel the talking. Do you see? Yeah, yeah, positively. Yeah, yeah you should do better. I mean, I used to do well. I used to come first. All of us, they, all parents don't come first. Okay, oh, first. I, I would do well, but I remember there was one report because she would do better if she talked less. Talk if she talked less in class. So God anointed my talking, you know, but for him, talking is not his. Mm. And so that was very tough on me on how different we are and how other people, especially on Sundays and even on other days too, sometimes on the get. They get all the talk, get how do I put it? The ministry side, but in his natural state, it's like just wants to be watch football or read the newspaper. <laughs> he doesn't want to talk or even listen. So I'm like, mm, okay, get little, little. So I'm like, hey, God. <laughs> so, but that's part of it comes with the territory. So you still have to find a way to balance it. And pastors' wives that are in that situation. Pastors that are introverts may not understand. They may even feel like, ah, it's even good. They don't even want to talk. But pastors wives that are like that, their husbands might be the talking type that really want to talk at home. And you as a pastor's wife, you just want to like lie in bed with a book, mm. you know, in the cozy mm. corner just with a book and a cup <laughs> of tea. <laughs> and it's like, come, let's go. And then your husband is a pastor, like you've come back from church two hours. I said, yeah. Let's go out for a drive. Let's go out for a walk. You know, my husband is not like that. But I know there's some pastors that are like that. And their wives yeah. want to like, ah, ah, don't you, don't you think you should rest from all the preaching? They want no, they're raring to go because their personality is that way. You know, so again, you have to find ways to balance this thing. But the important thing is to talk, to express, don't bottle things up. Express yourself because your husband, he knew how you were when he saw you. So my husband said, yes, he believed I would compliment him because mm. he knew I would talk, that he would just be the listener, you know, and stuff like that. So he knew I would compliment him until you really get into it and you find like, okay, opposites attract. But again, when you now get into it long-term, how do you maintain that, mm. you know? So um, my ministry, yeah, so let me just wrap that up. So I started with the girls, on the street I said going out next to them what the little coalition the Lord just gave me the name real woman I mm. remember then about that time I wrote a small mini book called the real woman you know take the mask off um, I look back now and I realized that indeed without me knowing my gift was realness authenticity and love mm. I didn't know but when I look back over the years I realized that that was the common yeah. thread and that was why the name real came to me 
Be real. Don't pretend. Take the mm. mask off. Let God yeah. help you. Let him invade and you know come into your space. Don't be fake. Don't be, you know. So my conversations with them each time um really were very, very touching. The stories mm. of abuse, incest, um, sexual abuse and all of that they've had in their in the in their past, in their families and all of that, led many of them into finding it easy to take on the work of prostitution and conversion because I used to ask them like of all things to do you can go work as a house help you, you can wash cars and be paid of all things to do AIDS is out there AIDS was really very new then people didn't believe just like now we don't believe there's COVID-19 you know then a lot of people did not believe until if Ella came out or he come out and say he had AIDS people still didn't believe mm-hmm. I would tell them you can catch AIDS doing this work Mm, let's mm. find an alternative you know let's find a training is it hairdressing is it so my mind was always alternatives alternatives can you mm. work as a house help if you take care of other people's children at the end of the day they'll send you to school they'll sponsor you if you are faithful like you know i saw all kind of options but i had a cousin then who's um, um took their nanny with them abroad or mm. took the other cousin okay two cousins one of them had this nanny but the other one was needed a nanny abroad, but they sent the nanny to go with the other um, one, the other family, because she had been so faithful. And yeah. she went abroad and trained their children and she also got some education, they took care of her. And after many years, she came back and she's Good. happily married today. So I would give them options like that. My mom had the households and nannies that were trained us with her. She would mm. send them to go to learn dressmaking, I can't remember any nanny we had growing up that didn't learn a trade. <laughs> you know, we lived in the campus of University of Ibadan. One of them married a graduate. Just yeah. on the way, going to sewing, going for her sewing classes from the house to just outside the university gate. She met this guy who was in university doing his master's. Mm-hmm. Their three boys are not boys anymore. Two of them are married. And she's a grandma now. Yes, and we're still very close. Yes. Mm-hmm. Auntie Mutuna, that's her name. <laughs> she was wow. our house help. She was my mom's house help. So wow. in those days, so that was the picture I had in my mind. There, there are things you can do that are more dignifying or more that would not be harmful to you. It was mm-hmm. so, you know, so God gave me an idea to get a house for them. There was no money, but so that didn't materialize on time. Mm. I started doing the women's seminars. But eventually, when it materialized, I was able to, you know, till today, girls who are on the street who want to get off the street, they bring them to Real Woman Foundation, Peace Villa. And then we house them six to one months to one year. And even some have stayed more than that, four years. Because some of them, by the time they start college, then they, we can't say you can only stay for six months. We're like, once we start the university thing for them, so they're done. So some yeah. of them have gone on to get married. Some have said their own businesses are mm. still running it. So my ministry started from the brothel, real, real proper. So that's separate from Daystar supporting Pastor Sam. Um, but for Daystar, when we started Daystar, the next Sunday after signing Daystar, I started the women's ministry, Women of Destiny, and it's still going strong. Awesome. Um, it's still going strong. But then from the streets, and so I became literally like a social worker. Because then we got to work with Lagos State, registered with Lagos State, and then with the, um, um, Nigeria. And so we're always having meetings with um, NAPTI, talking about girls who are repatriated, 
uh, I remember some years fast forward, I went to the UK for a conference on trafficking, um, okay. trafficking girls, uh, because it's a global business, it's a worldwide nuance. Yes. I mean, just uh, so we deal with countries, my country is a source country. Other people like Denmark, UK, their countries are destination countries. Yeah. And they are transit countries like Malta, yeah. where people pass through and they're passing through transit, but those countries too are trying to <laughs> make sure that they don't stay, <laughs> you know? So it's a worldwide, <laughs> then it wasn't such a huge, it was growing, but now it's grown to be something. Mm -hmm. So that really is what my ministry wasted has continued to grow. I've had to do a lot of social work. I've had to learn a lot of, it was more like I've had to have a career change, like mm -hmm. rather than building buildings and building lives. Yeah, so yeah. there's okay. the day star aspect where I'm a pastor, senior pastor, and now an apostle to the nations because I'm not only in Daystar, I'm called to the body of Christ and I'm called to nations, women who are not saved and women who are saved because in the end times that we are, we have to witness, we have to preach the gospel <laughs> yeah. with our voice, with our lives, you know, different ways. Many of us, God, we just sent us as ministries. Some of you, your banker, your pastor's wife, doesn't mean you have to leave your banking and join your husband full time. Where yeah. God puts you as a banker and your pastor's wife, you are fronting for him, you are his emissary. God is hiding people in the various mountains of influence and it is still ministry. It mm. is still ministry. So I believe one of my own mountains of influence I belong to, not only the church, the religion or body of Christ. Um, I don't like hearing that word religion. I don't know about you, Dario. I don't like, it's, they call it religion, but it's more of a relationship. But for the sake of forms that, yeah. <laughs> but I belong also to the family mountain you know, yeah. and the mountain, well, there isn't any mountain of women. <laughs> so I'll say the family mountain, but to encourage women and to, because God didn't say stay in the church. And that was my philosophy when I started reaching the girls on the brotherland. I felt I wasn't preaching enough in church and that's okay. You don't have two heads, you have one pastor. It was a young church. So they didn't preach his heart out. We didn't have multiple services there. So there wasn't anything you do more than take the offering or even take the offering announcement. <laughs> <laughs> because we started this stuff with young men and who also, my husband didn't believe in like, oh, husband and wife means we'll be the one country, just husband and wife. As a matter of fact, he said, this is not a husband and wife ministry. Mm -hmm. He was, I didn't know what he meant then, but later on I understood. Yeah, that made me feel a little bit like rejection. But later on I realized he was trying to say what he didn't express very well. He was trying to say that we're going to build a system and it's not just going to be me and you because he has watched ministries that are just, it's only the man and his wife. That is all controlling things. Every other person is, you know, but he wanted to start with these young guys doing the work and I was doing the work with them, all of them. It was a year, exactly a year after they start. It was birthed in 1995 that a year after that he ordained me and the other yes. young men that were working together with him. You did all of us at the same time. You ordained me first and then them. So mm -hmm. cool, no problem. So the Lord told me or inspired in my heart, or I picked this revelation up that Jesus did not say stay in the church. He said, go ye. So make it, why do you want to stay? Well, see, the four walls of the church is the smallest bit. The four walls within the four walls of any church. So if your church, you have 50 members, that's it. Mm -hmm. If you have 100, if you have 30,000, like this, mm -hmm. or how many more counting, I don't know. 
The fact is that even with this, I would say, large church, large church, fine. Outside the four walls is still more than inside. Right. So why do you want to stay? Well, I'm not saying pastors well, don't stay inside or go up. You have to know your purpose. You have to know how you are wired. If your eyes are outside, go outside. Mm -hmm. Like your heart is more with the people outside. Don't feel Mm -hmm. you have to stay with those inside. And the people inside, if they're not fully accepting you, Mm -hmm. they're not rejecting you deliberately, you may have to ask God again. Mm -hmm. 